which which course just put me put me down for one one fourteen tbc potomac yeah i agree i think that's a course i would lose my whole bag of balls at there's just no relief i mean there's there's creeks there's bunkers there's hills it's tree-lined the rough was like three to four inches thick and then when you get the rain on top of that it's you're just you're fucked you can't hit out of that stuff and the, the wind was so gnarly. Clean. The wind was just so yeah. crazy. It was just blowing everything. Didn't matter what shot you hit. It was just shaped by the right. wind too. So every every shitty lie was paired with a, a a gnarly gust of wind you had to fight through. I mean, from the perspective of like getting some other guys that you know aren't big names involved, it was kind of cool. I mean, you get you know guys like James Hahn who hasn't done anything his entire entire life. He gets a T nine. Pretty sick. Uh, yeah. JT Poston, T9. I mean, get some guys in the mix that you don't typically hear about, which is cool. That is And cool. then obviously, Jason Day, who uh, you picked, started, started crushing real it. Real hot. Yeah. For some reason, just had a little turnaround, just couldn't get it back. It, it, the weather did turn on him, I will say. The weather really turned to shit midway through, but he could have held his composure a little better. But obviously it's a tough it's a tough weekend for him. Mother's Day weekend, it's you know, just lost his mother this year. It's it's a tough tournament for Jason Tay. So maybe he'll do better yeah. this week. A little bit of shift in focus. He doesn't have so much weight on that pressure on the, in, in that weekend, and maybe he'll bounce back this weekend and shoot really well. I think that's what's going to happen. I think he will do really well this week. He's not on my lineup, but I think he'll shoot well this week too. Yeah, it's fine. He could definitely play well this week. And I mean, he could contend in future tournaments this year. I know he's gotten through a, a swing change and I feel like, feel like last week, you know, there were glimpses of it, like kind of everything coming together. Uh, he played really well this, this first couple of rounds. And then obviously, yeah, he had that, Big blow up of plus nine on on a Saturday. You know, it's supposed to be moving day, but you're not supposed to move backwards. <laughs> yeah, yep. Somebody uh, somebody didn't tell him that one. I mean, it got shitty out there, but it was great to see the creativeness in the shots. You had people getting extremely creative, and, and people were holing out, <laughs> having some crazy shots, having some birdies, having a cool eagle or two. There was a bunch of uh, there was a bunch of sick shots, highlight reel shots. For sure, dude. I, I feel like. I feel like the guy that just constantly does that is Ricky Fowler. Like he, his game is not where it used to be, but I feel like he just always has that highlight reel, you know, one or two times uh, during a tournament where he holds out from the fairway or, you know, just something ridiculous. It's like a 50 foot putt or something. Yeah. Puts himself in a pickle and just gives himself a redemption shot for the ages. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, I think, I think I had thrown up a post or something, you know, a story of him holding out from the fairway from like 140 out. And, uh, it was you know, just Bobby, at right? first, yeah, at first glance, <laughs> you're like, oh, shit, dude. That, you know, he just eagled. Nope, he's counting his fingers. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's counting his fingers in the video, right? Welcome to Good Lies Golf. I'm Ryan Sherman, and I've survived COVID-19. Zach Grossman is in Italy this week, so he won't be joining us. But we do have the one and only Brendan Lawson. But honestly, no one really gives a shit. Welcome, and cheers. (laughs) 
Rory made a little run at it. Couple last days there, had a nice little run. Yeah, I, dude, I, I feel like he just constantly shoots himself in the foot. Like he either opens with a terrible first round score and then plays really well the next three days, gets himself in contention, but not like ever in position to actually win. Mm. Or he'll uh, he'll kind of do the same thing with you know round two. If he plays well round one, he ends up shooting himself in the foot that second day, and he's just never never able to really get himself and being in a position that he could realistically win. Right. But, I mean, T five is. I mean, or not T five, just fifth place, no shared. I mean, that that's that's no solo. joke. Still made a little chunk of change there at a uh, three hundred sixty nine thousand big ones. Still made a little payday there. Hello, that'll buy a new set yeah. of golf clubs. Dude, he, he's legitimately got to be the best golfer on tour that constantly has at least one round per tournament of being in the, in the in the positive numbers. Why is he, that? You like think? I, I don't know, man. He just always it always seems like something goes awry. He has one or two bad holes that kind of just throws his round into the shitter. But he's always able to gather himself. I mean, there's one guy that I would say on on, on tour that. I would like to have as like, like my weekend pick. And I feel like he's, he's that guy. He always comes to play during the weekend. It's just how is that first round or second round going to turn out for him? Cause that's ultimately what's going to determine where he, he needs finishes. some time to kind of adjust to the course maybe and feel it out. He's one of those field yeah. golfers. I mean, you got a lot for of sure. good, good promise. I mean, Jason day still finished T 15. What about the story of Jonathan Vegas though? Comes back after a little surgery, little idle surgery comes back and just quietly shoots his way little one under. I think that was a sneaky little placement for him. Just to be in the top 15 is pretty sick. Dude, I can't even lie. I'm like so pissed off about that. And I'm going to shout <laughs> that you didn't gonna, pick him. I'm, dude, I'm going to shout out and this dude knows exactly uh, what happened. And this is a true story, but I was talking to my, my boy Raz leading up to uh, the tournament starting and he was asking me who like my early favorites were and this was before like doing any true research i said that i liked jonathan vegas i just like his approach game his his game with the irons um and i felt like he was going to have a big week he texted me and said well i'm looking at this this other app and it says that he's withdrawn so I was like, all right, well, forget about Vegas. Like, I'm not going to look any further into him. <laughs> Turns out he ends up playing. And, uh, yeah, and he ends up playing pretty well, too. But yep. uh, I love me some he Vegas. Value. Little, he's yeah. my boy. He's a good call. He's he's a good value now. He's, I think, like 8,600, 8,600, I think, on DraftKings. So he's a good value. I think you owe Joel Dahman a public service announcement. Joel right. Dahman. That, wait. Joel Dahman, I think that I owe you an apology. The second that I made a post about how good you shot and how good you did, literally, quite literally, after I posted that, you shot, what, eight plus eight? Plus, well, that was that day. From the moment that you made your post about my call on him playing well that week, he was sitting at nine under for the tournament. He ended up shooting plus 17 for the rest of the tournament from that moment on and didn't have a birdie for 42 holes. <laughs> so, so you, you fucked him. <laughs> <laughs> so it was me personally and, and me alone that screwed Joel. Joel, I apologize. 
It was not my but intention. I, I, I think I was we are. Uh, on. I think we're we're kind of falling into something here because that is the second time that you've made a comment about a player and immediately it's gone south and the other guy was Cam Smith. Yeah, but, but, that, but I also I think we're being a little silly about the parameters. If you're in first place, it's a tough position to be in. There's a high pressure in first place and most guys can't hang at the top and that's why most guys never last in first place and they can't finish and that's why being in the lead in golf is actually probably more of a curse than it is a positive thing because you're having this unnecessary pressure on top at all times. So yeah, no, you're, you're bullshitting. Cause I'm pretty sure like even the <laughs> mics picked it, the mics picked it up during broadcast. Uh, he was like, Oh yeah. Goddamn Ryan Sherman. Oh, right. Fuck yeah. The, he said it was yeah. me. Yeah, he accredited it to me alone. I know, but I'm saying I'm defending myself in this statement. Right. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, yeah. That was it, that was some tournament. I mean, Max Homa coming at just kind of sneaky the whole tournament, always keeping himself in, always shooting the right shots, being super crafty, and just getting it done. That's what it was for him, just getting it done. I mean, he, that's at the end of the day, he got yeah. it done. He went on the greens and Dude, got it done. He's been playing really good golf, honestly. I mean, um, you know, I, I hate the fact that none of us had him in our lineups last week, but. He's been playing really consistent. I mean, here's here's the last few tournaments he had. Waste Management, T14, Genesis, T10, Arnold Palmer, T17, Players, T13, 48th at the Masters, and then he wins the Wells Fargo. So he's playing really, really good golf. Uh, definitely someone that should Yeah, he wasn't on, on my radar, radar as much. Forward. He should have been. He should have been more on my radar than he was. No yep. knock to Matt Fitzpatrick either or Cameron Young. Honorable mentions. T second there and Keegan Bradley can't forget about that guy. I mean, those three guys together, they played hell, they played hell of a round and they both get a little 681,000 to share. That's not bad either, man. What a shitty weekend for them, huh? <laughs> yeah. Wow. They got to play golf and make almost a million dollars really shitty. And they tied for second three ways over four days. Yeah. That's oh, great. God. What and they get everything doing, paid sir? for. It's not like they pay for anything. Sponsors are paying for all that shit. Well, if you're good, if you're if you're smart, you have a good it's agent. It's my parents' fault. They should have just ground me down when I was growing up and just forced me to play golf. Just golf. Congratulations yeah, to anyway. Max Homa, big dog. Good for you for the repeat back to back. Congratulations, man. You're the man. He's a smooth smoothie. Smoothie. That's a direct quote from uh, Fargo. So gotta gotta keep it in line there. Nice. Flying in here to the AT&T Byron Nelson this week. I'm excited. This is a crowded field. A lot of golfers. You have a par 72, 7,468 yards in TPC Craig Ranch in McKinney, Texas. Brendan, you want to tell us a little bit about Byron Nelson? Oh, Byron. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Byron Nelson, he is an absolute legend in the PGA. So he's actually the first professional golfer to have a PGA Tour tournament named after him. Uh, and it's all due to just kind of his career stats. Tournaments won. He's got 54 career victories on tour, including two Masters, uh, two PGA Championships, and a U.S. Open. So this guy is a, a, a true legend in the game and only makes sense to, to have a uh, tournament named after him. Boom. And, and, and it's 
a hell of a tournament. Like I was saying, it is a crowded field. Yeah, there's 156 golfers in the field this week. So you got a lot of guys that are coming back in. Like Dustin Johnson trying to make a name for himself again, kind of making this year a little more standout. I mean, he's he's had a lackluster year, and he kind of wants to show for himself. Sam Burns, JT, Zalatoris. I mean, there's some there's some golfers this week. It's going to be a hell of a tournament. You got Brooks Kepka. I feel like he's kind of in a similar boat as Dustin Johnson. I mean, neither one of them have been playing their best golf all season. Um, they've had glimpses here and there, but, uh, you know, if they're both looking at this tournament as preparation for the PGA Championship, uh, maybe they come out firing. That's. I don't think they're going to all come out and just try to play. I, I think they're all going to try to contend. They want to have that little spotlight right before the tournament just to get that buzz on. I think some of them do. And then look at Scotty. Scotty's coming into this hot hand. Everybody's wondering what he's going to do. Is he just going to dominate again and just play an insanely good four rounds of golf and just smoke everyone? That's the big question, too. That's scary. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, it's his first solo mission uh, here after the Masters. He played in the, the Zurich, but this is the first time he's, he's getting after it after his Masters victory, you know, by himself. Yeah. I think the dude could definitely come out and just do what he's been doing all season, which is just dominate from tee to green, uh, make a lot of birdie putts um, and put himself in contention. Wouldn't be surprised if he ended up winning it. Uh, but he's also the favorite and it costs the most uh, when you're making a lineup in DraftKings. So it's, it's tough. Are you going to slam them in there and squish them in there with some, some low ballers or are you going to be a little bit more in the uh, medium range where you get a little bit more of a balanced lineup? That's the question. That that's what was so hard too about this week and picking the lineups was that the players kind of go from a a broad scale. It goes from the the high end there and then kind of has a, slight mid-range and really drops off low to the bottom so it makes it hard to draft a great lineup with one great or two one great and one really good golfer and then the rest of them have to be you know it's it's all it's a very strange week for DraftKings I'll say that yeah it makes it tough especially the way Scotty's been playing because on paper you look at it and it's like done deal like this guy's gonna win you know what I mean uh but then you start building lineups and the course well, too. Tell me about it. That I mean that that's what it is. I mean I mean yeah, this course is great. The TPC Craig Ranch opened in 2004, designed by Tom Weiskopf. It's got those Zoisha grass fairways and it's got bent grass greens. Pretty legendary course. It's not a course that golfers are used to playing on. They're not used to having those Zoisha fairways. They're very forgiving and very easy to play out of. They basically cradle your ball. So if you're a good ball striker or a great iron player, you're going to dominate in this course. And really, there's not a whole lot of hazards here. It does run through a creek, the course itself. So there is a lot of like creek style holes, but there's not a lot of actual hazards that get in your way. So I think it really will be a birdie fest. And I think golfers that can create birdies are going to be the ones that dominate. So I picked birdie-heavy golfers when choosing my DraftKings lineup. We'll get into that more later. But I really think this is the kind of course we're going to see really low numbers. We're going to see some nice scores and just see people kind of dominate with their iron game. I hear you. I think it's going to be a birdie fest as well. I don't want people to look back at last year and, and see that, you know, KH Lee winning with a 25 underscore. I don't know if that's going to be 
similar to this year. I could probably see it being closer to 15 or 18 under, something around that range. Right. right. Uh, reason being last year, you know, they got hit heavy with uh, weather delays, wet conditions, things like that. So, you know, it, it definitely played in favor of guys that were you know, pen hunting and, and just throwing darts at, at the at the pen to get some birdies. But to your point, I mean, you got wide open fairways, you got large greens, flat putting surfaces. So it's really optimal uh, conditions as far as just the course itself and the layout for uh, for birdies. So I think it'll be a really fun tournament to watch. That's for sure. Yeah. And like I was saying, it's not a, a about the actual grass itself, that Zoysia grass. It's not very common on golf courses because it doesn't like the climate in a lot of areas. You really have to have the perfect climate to grow that grass and to keep it well maintained. It's a grass that that golf course designers are starting to use more because it's very low water. So you don't need to use as much resources for it which makes it, I guess, cheaper in the law in, in the overall. But I guess for the first five years of operating, it, you take on a higher cost. When golfers are treated nicely and getting this opportunity to play this perfect grass, they love this. So I think this is where a lot of golfers come out of the woodwork just for the weekend to have a lot of fun and just really play their best golf. Yeah, for sure. I mean, take me, for example. I'm an awesome golfer. Uh, but <laughs> we, one of the courses I play here around the Cincinnati area, shout out Friendly Meadows, uh, there is always a, a grass uh, course. And yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say that's probably one of the better courses that I, I strike the ball on. So all your points ring true there. And so, you know, if I'm hitting a little more pure iron shots out of that grass, I mean, just think about some of these these top tier high caliber players, especially when they're really good with their irons already. And now they basically just have the, the purest grass, almost kind of pillow-esque uh, grass you can have for your ball. Uh, so I could definitely see them just out there throwing darts at the pins. You know what's crazy too is that Patrick Cantlay, who's a great bent grass player, is not going to be playing. So no Patrick Cantlay. And you have no Ricky Fowler, also another great bent grass player. And a guy who is a, a good iron player. And now he's not going to be in it either. So I think it's, it's going to be interesting. There's probably like, <clears throat> dude, I need a goddamn break after last weekend. Just getting soaked. I mean, that that weather was brutal. So you probably needed a week off, especially you know right. leading up to the PGA Championship. I think they're going to show some Texas love here in this tournament. You do have some Texas guys that are going to be trying to make a little little uh, name back for themselves. I mean, Harry Higgs, you got Jordan Spieth, uh, Ryan Palmer, who actually holds the course record at TPC Craig Ranch. Just a little fun fact there. And like I was saying before, Zalatoris has played the course hundreds of times, and it's one of his favorite courses. So you do have an eclectic mix here of golfers that can really bring it. Texas guys that are going to be hungry, and they want to show a name and show for their hometown and, and bring it down for Texas. So I think that uh, Jordan Spieth's going to be especially hungry because he's never won one at the Byron Nelson. But I guess to segue in, Brendan, really talk to us. What are the final keys to victory that you would put on it? Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, like we talked about earlier, we got really wide fairways. We got large greens, relatively flat putting surfaces. So guys that I'm looking at are guys that get a lot of strokes gained uh, driving the ball. Maybe they're not super accurate, but I feel like they could get bailed out a little bit this week with those wide fairways. 
But the real big piece for me are strokes gained on approach. So I'm looking at guys that hit their irons really cleanly, um, are super accurate with those irons into the greens, and are going to give themselves chances for birdies. Looking at guys with good birdie averages, uh, bent grass putters, um, scoring opportunities gained, par four scoring, par five scoring, and obviously par three scoring um, at over 200 yards. So those are some of the key pieces that I'm looking at when I'm looking at guys that I'm going to be picking. I guess we could talk a little bit about, you know, any uh, any guys on our radar here, Sherm? I, I think there's a few guys that are on my radar that won't be on my lineup that are worth mentioning. I think that sure. Joaquin Neiman is going to have himself a little day. I don't have him on my lineup regrettingly, but I really think he's going he's gonna to flourish. His game is perfect for this, and it just suits him. Not just because he's a Texas boy, but Harry Higgs. He's had this momentum about him lately. He really has been showing up playing some golf, and I think that he'll kind of find his swing here in Texas. I think he'll he'll liter- quite literally find his swing. Yeah, I, I, I like the guys that you mentioned there. I feel like we have to mention JT, uh, Justin Thomas. I mean, shot Carver, really good golf. JT. Absolutely been playing a lot of good golf this this year he's come close to winning on numerous occasions he's got the driving distance his approach play is phenomenal he makes birdies pretty regularly i think it all ultimately just comes down to can he do it for four days you mentioned jordan spieth earlier texas boy he grabbed a top 10 finish at this event last year a strokes game to approach he was ranked 33rd birdie average he's ranked 83rd and par four scoring is ranked twentieth. Not a great birdie he, average. No, it's it's not, and a lot of that has to do with his putting, to be honest. Which is crazy because I mean, this is like one of those guys that there's been numerous seasons where he's ranked first, second, third in putting across the entire PGA. Sometimes you and, fall uh, off. You have a bad year, dude. He he is a fucking roller coaster. Oh yeah, he he's is, always been. Be, He'll be ranked top five and putting one season, and the next season he's like 153rd. It's insane. But I, I think we have some other guys that we could call out too. Cameron Champ, I mean, he leads the tour in driving distance. Yeah, his distance uh, will played, do well this week. Yeah. Yeah, he's played well uh, here. He played well at, at Mexico, um, at the Mexico Open. So I feel like if he's able to kind of get the other pieces of his game rolling this week with the putter and his uh, short game, uh, I mean, his driver his driver is an absolute weapon out there. That's for sure. Matt Kuchar, I feel like we always have to call him out. I mean, Kuchar, man, Kuchar. he's going to fucking play well this week. I almost put him in my lineup, and I balked, took him out. I just think that yeah. this is going to be a young man's game this week. Could be wrong. Could eat my words. I Hopefully, I'll throw in a couple dollars with him on some Caesar bets or something. I don't know. But, Cooch, I got you, man. I know you're going to play well. Dude, I, I feel like he's one of the more consistent guys. He really I is. He's, he's holding it down. If you listen right back to all of our episodes, if he doesn't leave for the LIV tour. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. I hope not. I love watching Cooch. But yeah, I mean, the guy's been playing outrageous. He had a, a T16 at Valspar, T2 at Valero, T3 at RBC. And then he didn't do too well at, at Wells Fargo, but he, you know, he made the cut and he had a T49. But. Last year, he did uh, tie 17th at the Byron Nelson. So he does have some course history here. Well said. I think transitioning here, we're going to transition into our picks, right? I mean, we got to do this. Brendan Lawson. 
What are your weekly six? Wait, wait, time out. Before we continue to our picks for the Byron Nelson, I just want to point out that I, Ryan Sherman, was the winner last week. So now I have two victories tied with Brendan. We're both chasing Zach. Thank you very much. On to Brendan's picks. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, I feel like I need a bounce back week here. My winners that I've been picking lately, they've been doing pretty well in each of the tournaments. But, you know, I, I've had a couple guys that just haven't made it through. So looking for a solid one this week. So uh, let's kick it off. I got Will Zalatoris. You mm. mentioned him earlier. He's a Texas boy. I uh, love the way he plays with his iron game. His really only fault is his putting. And I feel like that's been coming around lately. He's got a, a T4 along his buddy uh, Davis Riley. Shout out. He might have a good week, too. Uh, at the Zurich Classic, he had a T6 at Augusta National for the Masters. Um, and last year, he tied for 17th. So he does have a little bit of course history, feel like he's playing well. Um, and he's second in strokes gained approach uh, on tour. So I feel like that's really going to come into play here. Um, on top of that, another guy you mentioned, uh, I got Joaquin Neiman. He's got four mm. top tens this season, 12th at the RBC. That's your boy. 35th at the Masters. 22nd at the players. He is my boy. I thought he was going to do a little bit better at the Masters. It started off super hot. Um, and then he also won the Genesis, and he came in sixth at the Farmers. So I feel like this guy is due to come back around and get another victory. feel like if he doesn't win it this week, he'll probably finish top 10. I got Jonathan Vegas, my boy. You put him Jay in. Vegas. Vegas. Yep. Woo. I threw him in. I, I wanted to last week. <laughs> Understandable. But, yo. This dude's been playing out of his mind, to be honest. In his last four starts on tour, he had a T27 at Valspar, T4 Boom. at Corrales, Boom. 18th at Valero, Boom. and 15th at Wells Fargo. Boom. And he tied ninth last year in this tournament. So, love his game. Love it. Next, we got Nate Lashley. Uh, he did pull out of the Wells Fargo, citing a toe injury. He's saying he's suiting it up this week, so I'm taking a little bit of a risk here, but if he does play, I like the way his game's been uh, been looking lately. He had eleventh. He was eleventh at the Mexico Open, eighteenth at the Valero, fifteenth Corrales, and twenty seventh at Valspar. He's been playing so hot golf. He's got a hot golf got a number of top thirties. Yep, absolutely. My sleeper this week is Peter oh, Peter Maltani. This guy has got four top twenty five finishes this season. He's made the cut in five of the last six tournaments. Finished 15th at Mexico Open, where he ranked 10th in putts per greens and regulation and 15th in strokes gained around the green. So I like that. I feel That's like, sleeper. Listen to this guy. Yeah, so I feel like, you know, we mentioned that the greens uh, are relatively big. They're relatively flat. I feel like if he's able to get the ball in play and, and regulation onto that green, his putting is going to come through and it'll make some birdies. Nice. With that being said, my winner this week, Sam Burns. Wow. Sam Burns, winner from Brendan. Dude's been playing lights out since missing the cut at the Genesis. He's tied for ninth at Bay Hill. He won the Valspar. He finished second uh, alongside Billy Horschel at the Zurich. He finished solo second here last year at the AT&T Byron Nelson, so he's already got some course history. And that was an absolute shootout, lots of birdies. So I feel like he he's familiar with the course. He could do it again. And some of the key stats that he has this season, strokes gained on approach, he's 11th. Birdie average, he's 7th. 
and par four scoring, he's 20th. So I feel like all three of those pieces um, are going to result in a victory this week. And hopefully for both of us, I need one. I like that. Those, hey, those are all, those, that's all valid. You've all, you provided valid information. I will say that. For the Byron Nelson AT&T Championship, I've got a brilliant lineup. I will win again like I have been winning. So now I have two wins. I'm chasing Zach. It's going to happen. So let's start off agreeing with Brendan. I like Will Zalatoris this week. He's a guy that's always reliable with his irons. I think he's going to bring it. He's hungry. He's getting tired of everyone talking shitty about the putting. Like Brendan said, he wants to step up and show some force here. This is the course he's going to do it on. He's literally been quoted that he plays this course hundreds of times. Familiar course means easier victory. I would take Zach Grossman playing at South Fork against any PGA professional 10 times out of 10 because Zach knows that course like the back of his hand. Just like Will Zalatoris, if he's played this course hundreds of times, I trust that he knows this course like the back of his hand. So Will Zalatoris, easy selection for me on my lineup this week. That being said, I'll bring it right over around to his boy. I'm picking Davis Riley as well. He's the birdie machine. The guy is a birdie master. I like his style of play on this course, and he's been playing great golf. He does well here and has a nice showing. I think he could even contend for the top spot. He's an Alabama boy, so he's certain, certainly used to the, the climate that you have here in golf in the Texas golf arena. I think he's just used to it, and I think he's going to play well. So I think Davis Riley is going to be a serious contender. We have Ryan Palmer. I'm going historically here. Interesting pick, more of a sleeper. It's not a sleeper because he has the course record on this course, but he is an older guy as a golfer in this in this field, and he's a riskier pick for DraftKings because there is a lot of great value up around his value, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the risk. He does hold the record. His tee to green is impressive, and that's what you want for a course like this, and he's played well in the beginning of the year. He's just kind of trying to get it back on track, so... I like him this week. I think he's going to make a rebound. He might play really well. Love me some Taylor Gooch. Let me just tell you about Taylor Gooch, okay? He's first in the PGA in Eagles, okay? And he's top 20 in birdies. He's a top 20 ball striker, and he hits the low stinger like it's no one's business. So between that and his iron games, getting him in a good position, uh, to finish strong this week. I think Taylor Gooch is going to be a rock star, top 10 position. So I think he's a great value on your DraftKings. Adam Hadwin, going Canadian here. Great ball striker in the top 25. He's third in the PGA on strokes gain for approach. So it's a hell of a pick to have for this. He's having a hell of a year. He really wants to keep his momentum. He loves his birdies. And on this course, he's going to need the birdies. He's going to need to pull out birdies on this course. You're going to have to get a low number. I think he's going to play with some incredible golf. So I pick Adam Hadwin on my lineup as well. And then for the winner, the winner of the Byron Nelson AT&T Championship for Ryan, it's going to be Jason Kokrak. I like Jason here. He's a player that's pure enough of a ball striker to go lights out from the fairways due to that Zoisha grass And right behind Zalatoris in ball striking this year, he's no uh, small change. He putts really well on bent grass. It's his favorite. 
He's won at Shadow Creek putting on that bent grass. And he's in the top 30 for putting this year. So I think it's a really solid pick. If he loves this style of grass, which he does, I think this is the no-brainer. And I think he's been playing really good golf. So I'm going winner, Jason Kokrak. Little little left curve there, but that's what I'm that's what I'm going with. I like it, man. I like it. I like the Will Zally pick for sure. I'm liking him. Davis Riley, great points with his putting. Dude could just light it up and, and get really hot, make a lot of birdies. I think that's what we mentioned earlier, too. It's going to be a birdie fest. It's really who's going to go low this week. I'm thinking winner's probably going to finish somewhere in the 15 under to 18 under range. If it goes higher than that, then we're probably just enjoying a lot of golf. That's good. Yeah. Entertaining. But yeah, dude, I, I like your picks. We'll see how it goes. I'm really hoping I get the victory this week. I need Pitar Maltani to come through for me, dude. That's Every gonna time be I the dark P- horse there. Zach uh Zach's gonna submit ours his lineup. He'll have a lineup this week too, so don't worry, folks. Zach will have a lineup. He's just not on the podcast this week. But we will be resuming next week with the full podcast for the PGA Championship. So stay tuned next week as well. And we just want to thank all of our current listeners that are just listening to this thing. We appreciate all 20, 30, whatever, maybe 100 of you. Who knows at this point? We appreciate every single one of you, and we uh, hope to keep giving you some great content every week. Hey, it's been a little rough. You had COVID last week. We've all been traveling. We're hoping to settle down here a little bit. But, you know, we're doing our best. We're piecing this thing together like Joe Buck's hairline. What are you going to do? Absolutely. Fucking Joe Buck's hairline, baby. Damn. Well, thanks for joining us. That was another episode of Good Lies Golf. I'm Ryan Sherman. And Brendan, you want to take us out? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Appreciate it, guys. And uh, no, I never want to take us out again, so go ahead. All right. Thank you. That was very, that was very. <laughs>